Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Good day, everybody. Good day. Uh, let's see here. A number of different education stories to get to. Um, a few of, they're basically all generally the same, certainly connected. I've got some jab information as well. And then there is a, uh, a particular research article here that I want to read and read the highlights of anyway from a peer-reviewed journal. And it comes from sciencedirect.com. And I'm going to get to that a little bit later because it really dives into a, a, a very specific health effect as a result of, of the, uh, the jabs. And then there is a, uh, well, it's, a, it's an unfortunate phenomenon that is occurring that I want to kind of cover at the end here. And it has to do with these social media influencers who have been jabbed, and now they're experiencing serious health effects as a result of the jabs, and yet they have no idea that it's the jabs. Or, I suppose even worse than that, they're lying about it by not mentioning that it's the jabs that have caused them their ill health effects, because we have to keep something in mind here. People in their teens and 20s, and as we know, children, minors, again, aged whatever, five, five and up, these are not people who have heart issues. These are not people who have heart attacks. These are not people who experience those physical effects, unless, of course, they have some underlying health issue or a family issue related to it, some genetic ma uh, abnormality, typically from birth, but the vast majority of, of people, it's upwards of 93 to 98% of all individuals do not have these health effects. Um, unfortunately, though, again, many of them on their social media platforms and all of the selfies they take and the vlogs that they take and whatever, they're finding their way right into a hospital and they're having heart attacks. And their doctors are allegedly saying, well, I don't, I don't know what caused it. I, I can't for the life of us, you know, we just can't figure it out. We, we just don't know. And apparently, neither can they themselves. They're not connecting the dots that you've taken maybe two or three jabs plus, And you can't for the life of you figure out why you're having heart attacks at such a young age when you shouldn't be at all. So I'm going to cover one specific case of that uh, toward the end of the episode. But first, allow me to get into the collective head exploding of all of the individuals around the country and in Florida who apparently think that this is a bad thing. Uh, Ron DeSantis, of course, has now signed into curriculum the Parental Transparency Bill into law, which is great. And again... The collective hive mind of individuals uh, has, has exploded by yelling the word gay at the top of their lungs, and they seem to think that, again, this is a bad thing, that parental rights is a bad thing, and parents having oversight over their children is a bad thing. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be pretty blunt here. Uh, only a pedophile or a pedophile enablist or enabler would actually believe that parents having oversight over what goes on with their children within school settings is a bad thing. Only, only a pedophile, or friends of pedophiles, or whatever it may be. Again, these are not schools. They have always been brainwashing camps, but even more so today than ever before, they are, they are not schools. I, I'm really not sure what else I can add to that. Uh, apparently, some people lost their minds at the old Oscar Awards or Oscars. I'm, I'm shocked anybody even watches that nonsense. But um, apparently, some actresses got up there or wannabe actresses got up there and started getting everybody in the, in the crowd to chant the word gay. It didn't go over very well. A lot of people were, apparently weren't buying into it. Um, but who knows? I mean, the whole room is filled with pedophiles anyway, so... That's neither here nor there, I guess. So at least, again, parents have more oversight in the state of Florida over what is taught to their children. Again, if they're still sending them to those environments, God knows why, but, you know, it, it's, it's happening. And at least, again, they have, uh, they have a little more say as to what goes on. Because, again, they should have the say. That's, that's kind of the whole point. Uh, this next one comes from the Liberty Daily. And it's titled, Public School Indoctrination is Real. Now, this one is jacked up. 
It says a fourth grade teacher in Austin told her peers that 63% of her class came out as LGBTQIA+. Again, I don't even know what any of that means. Uh, the alphabet games, I, I, I don't get it. It says, quote, the goal of the cultural Marxists behind LGBTQIA plus supremacy push is to indoctrinate vulnerable children into embracing destructive anti-biblical lifestyles. They have to get them where they get them while they're young before they start forming their own ideas. Prepubescent children are the easiest to convert into falsely believing that they are somehow part of that community. I'm not going to run through the alphabet constantly because it's exhausting. Um, I might as well just name every letter in the alphabet at this point. It says the reason is obvious. They don't have the hormones, life experiences, or common sense to tell themselves otherwise. Or to tell them otherwise. This is why radical progressives are so adamant about teaching five to eight-year-olds about adult sex topics, sexual topics. It's why they have hidden programs like Drag Queen Story Hour, and it's why this fourth grade teacher in Austin is not only angry about gay pride not usurping other causes, but also claimed that 20 out of her 32 students came out to her as LGB whatever. Again, here's, here's the deal with this particular subject. I'm, I'm, I'm basically done, much like the CRT stuff, I'm pretty much done covering this. This, uh, LGB, you know, alphabet agenda that, of course, has has existed for a very long time. As we all know, this is not a new thing, but I, I'm done covering this because this is going on in almost every single school district. I mean, it is going on in every single school district. Again, it can be either district policy that's allowing this to occur or teachers work it in in different avenues in different ways. There was a video, for example, that was going around last week or a couple of weeks ago from a really good media site on, on YouTube, but I put it up on my Gab account, the video, and it was an undercover media guy. It wasn't Project Veritas, but it was another guy, and he was meeting with these school officials and school teachers in, I believe it was in Idaho or Utah, and he was talking with them about this agenda, and he was acting as if all of this gay pride agenda stuff was appropriate and a good thing. And they were all, uh, I mean, clearly they were all 100% on board. They just loved it. Oh, this is just great and whatever else. And yeah, we, we, we have to change the name of critical race theory and we're not allowed to say that anymore. So we have to use different names, but don't worry, we figure out a way to work it in and whatever else. I've, I've, I've mentioned this on too many occasions in the past. This is exactly what happens when you have individuals who are not intelligent, who do not know their subject matter, and then they are left with their own devices to do nothing but teach their own feelings. And of course, agendas and things that they see on TV. So here, here, here's the, the, I would say, habitual ritualistic nature, so to speak, of the most lazy educators that exist in America. They will wake up in the morning, turn on the television, watch the national news, pick, pick a channel, it doesn't matter. If it's on the television, then they think that it's real. And of course it's not, but they'll watch that, they'll go to school, they'll teach their subject, and they'll work in what they saw on television into their own curriculum, regardless of what it is and what subject it is that they're teaching. And then the school day ends. And they'll gossip with their coworkers about this, that, or the other, and they usually only hang out with you know the hive mind and the like minded, and and that's about it. And then they go home and they rinse and they repeat, and they do the exact same thing all over again. So, the the real teacher education tool for the worst educators in America, and it's not just America; it's pretty much everywhere. But the worst teacher education tool that is utilized is the television. Of course, it stands for tell a vision. It doesn't stand for tell the truth. And so, because they are so ritualistic and, and habitual in, in their daily patterns and, and the things that school teachers do, again, think of a nine to fiver 
and then again, just the patterns that they get into so easily. When they get into those patterns, breaking those patterns can be a very, very difficult thing. But if they're relying on the television and the local news to drive their their thought and and trying to stay quote unquote up to date with the latest and greatest information to sound relevant in a classroom, that is beyond destructive. And it's not productive. And then, of course, as we also know, what would be considered real professional development, although it's not, the kind of stuff that's run from the district level, all of that stuff also has these agendas mixed in with it as well. Because the people running those professional developments, and, and you know, again, professional development conferences, seminars, etc., those individuals are doing the same things that the school teacher is doing. They have the same habits, they have the same rituals, the same routines. It's the same stuff. Wake up, eat food, turn on the local news, believe it, and then go into the workplace and rinse and repeat. And just dish it out to countless people. And then they start to do things like this teacher has done in Austin, where they start to think that they're an actual researcher. And so they will take a poll, or a hand-raising poll, or they'll actually be dumb enough to write it out on paper and then hand it out to their own students. And then their students fill it out. And then, of course, it makes its way back to a parent. And then a parent complains, rightfully so. And then it makes its way onto the internet. And then people like me make fun of it or try to break it down in a slightly more analytical way. I'm done talking about this. I'm just done. This is a subject that has, again, if the other subjects previously of, of what is going on within American K-12 schools isn't bad enough, this is, this is next level. This is just as bad, if not worse. Again, I got into this from a violence standpoint. That's where my expertise lies, how the entire K-12 school environment is designed to be violent. This is another element and another variable in that violence because it creates interpersonal conflict because now again you're going to you we already have it so it's not like it's a new thing again but you have teachers bringing up such issues to minors trying to get the minors to agree with these adults on their radical behaviors and radical ideologies and then of course they leave that classroom although the conflict probably occurs inside of the classroom among their peers also why wouldn't it the teachers facilitating that conflict, so why wouldn't it occur within a classroom? But once they leave the classroom, the same thing is happening. You have different individuals again picking sides and joining different cliques and acting like they are something that they are not. This is a level of psychological damage that is hitting minors at, a, at again, something that it's just at a level that I've never seen before. The masks have been bad enough. The mask wearing has been bad enough. The jab rollout has been bad enough. And that, again, should tell everybody how the television is really the facilitator of all of this. The television tells a vision, which is a, a satanic, horrible vision, to these adults, and then these adults simply pass it on to these children. Um... It, uh, it's one chop of the axe into the tree at a time. And this is a, this is a big chop that's been taken, just the, the complete perversion of what should be a very strict, focused, direct learning environment. And it's becoming, again, a playground of degeneracy. And this isn't new because, again, in lockstep fashion, what has Disney done? And I mentioned this earlier in a previous episode, but Disney again has come out against this entire Florida bill thing, um, parental right bill, because it's just like turning on the lights. I mean, it's moths to a flame. When, when, you, when you give rights to people and give them back to them, which they never should have been taken in the first place, and parents again gave them up on their own, so shame on them. And we as Americans have given up countless rights. Shame on us. But when, you, when, when government gives them back and says, no, these decisions need to be made by parents and children need to be protected, like moths to a flame or bugs to the, to the light zapper, to the bug zapper, 
all the pedophiles come out of the woodwork. All of them. And what this is exposing, I might add, which is, I suppose is the silver lining in all of this, is that it's exposing the specific teachers, administrators, school districts, and companies that are 100% for the sexual degradation of your child or children. That's what they're interested in. They're just exposing themselves. The lights are on, the cockroaches start running around, and everybody can see exactly what's happening here. So I would encourage everybody, because again, I really don't want to cover this anymore. It's, it's repetitive and uh, it's just too obvious at this point. But continue to pay attention to, to that fact. The fact that every single time you see a population receive rights or more control over, in particular, again, children, um, just listen to the panic. Listen to the panic in, in people's voices. Listen to where that panic is coming from. Listen to that hive mind mentality and, and who exactly is saying it. Because, you know, you'll get a pretty good idea as to what they believe deep down. And it's, in this case, of course, it's terrible. They might as well be walking around with a, with a sign around their neck that says, you know, I'm a pedophile. Or I support the normalization of pedophilia. Because again, remember back in 2020, all those yard signs that said, in this house, we believe, and then it just runs down a list of things. Science is real. Black lives matter. Where it says love is love, that again is the normalization of pedophilia. If love is love, then what, what they actually mean by that, even though the people who own the sign who are in the house where the sign is in their front yard, they might not know what it means, and that's how dumb they are. You know, that they'll put a sign in their front yard with, with regurgitated slogans on it, and they don't even stop for a second to think about what it actually means. But the love is love line is and has always meant pedophilia. That older adults, as long as they love younger, younger people and minors, well, then it's okay. And then, of course, all of the articles about it's, you know, pedophilia shouldn't be a crime and this, that, and the other. I mean, honest to God, um, it's, it's just, it's awful to say the least. But I'm pretty much done covering it um, unless something outrageous occurs regarding all of it. But there's not much more I can I can do to break it down. Uh, I'll leave that to libs of TikTok because I'm sure people like her and uh, Chris Rufo, you know, talk about this on a constant basis. And I mean, whatever. I just I don't know. I'm over it basically. Um, however, in that same vein, I do want to mention this because this was kind of cool, and this was sent to me over a comment to one of my BitChute videos. And I'm not, I don't recall if it was a podcast episode or if it was one of the war videos that I have on my BitChute channel. But it was an interesting comment, and uh, I liked it. And I thought, oh yeah, this makes a lot of sense. So I'm, just in summary, what this individual is talking about, and I agree with them, is they're talking essentially about chemical castration. And if anybody is curious as to why we are seeing this agenda roll out, of the LGBT alphabet nonsense and gay this, gay that is because we've been basically as a society, certainly doctors have been doing this at length because they're getting paid to do it. And parents are just handing their children over to the needle and uh, receiving countless injections from, from womb to tomb, so to speak. Um, this has to do again with how the chemicals that children are being injected with are again chemically castrating them and changing their 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 brain and their their brain waves and the genetic makeup of their reproductive organs so again if it, it one thing is purposely designed to complement the other and i just want to read their post here and again you can take this for what what it's worth but again i i tend to agree with it some of their posts, again, had to do with shedding and the, you know, the, the shedding that occurs between individuals who have been jabbed. 
and uh, and I I tend to agree with that. But there was a particular section here that again ties into this perfectly. I think, or at least the previous topic, of course, that I was just talking about. It says, "quote it says you know those childhood vaccines they make give your children? Well, I think it is the one that is the combo shot. Well, it's also an mRNA gene therapy." Have you not wondered why there are so many now saying that they are gay? Well, these shots, they are girls and boy shots, both. So the boys are given female DNA and the girls are given extra boy DNA. I'm a medical researcher and have been doing so for over 25 years. Those vaccines come loaded with so much experimental junk and you wonder why so much autism and homosexuality, childhood, and cancers. It then says this a little ways down. It says, gee, I wonder who wrote those books to brainwash your children to never have children. People better begin to shut their television programming off and do the research while they still can. Great amounts of information is wiped from books and the internet. We've been lied to all our lives through public school and television and Hollywood movies. Time to turn off the stuff and do your own research to discover you were lied to, unquote. It makes perfect sense to me because we're talking about things here that are complementary of one another. You're, you're chemically castrating children, and then they enter school environments where they're being encouraged to chemically castrate themselves. And then at the same time, the material that they're reading, watching, and listening to is also confusing them and designed to purposely confuse them. Um, it's, they're links in the same chain is the point that I'm making. It's, and this is all being done on purpose. Is it a conspiracy? Of course it is. Of course. A singular thing almost does not exist by itself without the existence of something else, in particular here on earth that is made by man or rolled out by man. There's always a motive to something else. There's always a, a catch. There's always an extra element or a variable that has to exist in order for, for something else to to exist or be implemented, to ultimately reach a final goal. And what we know is that final goal, again, is the sterilization of endless uh, generations, in particular youth right now, and then confusing them to the point where they become older and they remain confused. They've become brainwashed into not wanting children, not wanting to get married, and then again, they just end up associating with this hive mind of... Uh, self-destruction and degeneracy and we know where that goes that 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 in itself i might add is another link in the chain that leads to endless other links in the chain drug addiction sexual promiscuity you name it poor decisions breaking the law ending up in debt and you end up you end up a slave to the television and what the television has told you your whole life so we have to protect our children from these kinds of environments, and we have to teach them that there is a scheme, that there is a scheme, that there is a conspiracy, and that the people who are the schemers and the meddlers, they do not like you. So why would you want to give someone who does not like you something that you have, which again is your life? It seems rather important to me. Here's the next thing I wanted to cover because, again, this is the exact opposite end of the spectrum now. And this is what happens, again, when, when you encourage students to think. And I've been over stories like this before, and I'll continue to cover them because they're absolutely awful. But at the same time, this is an example of burning the candle at both ends and trying to squeeze out the most morally sound individuals who teach within these universities or schools and trying to encourage individuals to think. Um, there's a bunch of names in this quick little article here that I'm not going to be able to pronounce. My apologies, but that's just the way it is. Uh, this comes from last week, and it's an article titled, Professor Faces Government Action for Questioning Ukraine Narrative. University of Edinburgh Professor Tim Hayward in Scotland is being hammered in the media for sharing an article suggesting the bombing of a theater in the Ukrainian city of Maripol may have been staged by the Ukrainian nationalists. And it probably was, because that's what's going on over there. Actors acting. It says Hayward's skepticism is all, has already led Education Secretary Nadim uh, Zahawi, if I'm saying that right, 
to promise a crackdown, quote-unquote, on such wrong think. It says, Hayward shared an article on Sunday from the Gray Zone, a left-wing news outlet citing eyewitnesses in the Ukrainian city of Maripol. The article claims that Ukrainian Azov fighters, once described by Western outlets and lawmakers as neo-Nazis, which they are, sheltered behind civilians in a theater in Maripol before blowing up the building as Russian forces entered the Ukrainian city. Now, here's the interesting part about this already. I've seen video from that, and it's true. There is a theater. There are dead bodies everywhere. Uh, It's unlikely, although possible, that they would all be acting dead bodies, Um, you know, fake dead bodies. Unlikely, though. Very unlikely. Many of them aren't wearing any clothes of any kind. Uh, It's awful. It continues here. It says, Azov forces and journalists linked to the extremist unit accused Russia of bombing the building and used the incident to call for Western intervention against Russia. U.S. President Joe Biden declared Russian President Vladimir Putin a war criminal. In response, an American politicians from both parties and from Europe renewed their calls for military aid, including fighter jets for Ukraine. Ridiculous. Continues, it says, However, no video exists showing the theater being bombed. Well, it doesn't show it being bombed in real time, but it certainly shows an aftermath. They said, yet Hayward was condemned by his colleagues for raising the issue. In a Times article on Tuesday accusing him of spreading propaganda, quote-unquote, Dr. Alexander Hermasinka, if I'm saying that right, a misinformation researcher at Oxford University said that we must be careful when reading reports critical of the official narrative in Ukraine and that outlets like the Gray Zone are currently engaging in a massive disinformation campaign. He did not provide any evidence that would support such allegations against the media outlet. Hayward has been signed has been singled out rather by the Scottish government too having shared articles questioning the alleged bombing of a maternity hospital in Maripol and claiming that Syrian leader Bashar al-Assad did not gas his own citizens in Western sources insist, as Western sources insist. The professor was accused in Westminster last week by Tory MP Robert Halfin as being a useful idiot for President Putin's atrocities. Ladies and gentlemen, when the left comes after you like they're coming after this Hayward professor, Professor Hayward, you know you're over. You know you're over the target. You know you're telling the truth. By the way, they, they didn't use chemical weapons in Syria. Anybody remembers all those videos of those children having hoses sprayed on their faces and then adults rubbing their faces as hard as they can uh, to, to rub the chemicals off of their... They were acting. The entire thing has been proven to be false. So it's absolutely hilarious when these quote-unquote fact-checkers or anti-propaganda people, as they call themselves, are actually exposing more of the propaganda in their explanation or rationalization for their own lack of knowledge because another guy has actually hit the bullseye here. Uh, It says this in conclusion. It says, Education Secretary Zahawi said that that academics like Hayward were already being investigated and that the universities would be contacted. Quote, Putin and his cronies are a malign influence on anyone in this country buying their false narrative, and I have to repeat it to a false and dangerous narrative, and we will crack down on it hard, Zahawi said, without elaborating on how. Speaking to Edinburgh Live, Hayward said that he is concerned about restrictions to free speech and considers hearing both points of view important in wartime. Quote, in war, miscalculations have terrible consequences. We also know that misinformation can sometimes even slip through on our own side. As when the UK went to war in Iraq, mistakenly believing it had weapons of mass destruction, he said. As for the people of Ukraine, their need is for peace, not to become the epicenter of World War III. He added, referring to the widely held belief that where Western powers that were Western powers to intervene in Ukraine, the consequences would be a third world war. Unquote. Again, this this Professor Hayward guy is is dead on. 
for the most part, but it just proves the headhunting that takes place with any educator or professor, regardless of where they live, and how the entire establishment can come after them and ultimately, potentially, uh, ruin their entire career. We know that that's happened countless times in the United States. We know it's happening everywhere. But this is, again, the plot of the Marxist. The entire point is to destroy any anyone who engages in any level of critical thought. Look what they did to Socrates, for God's sakes. They sentenced him to death by suicide. Because why? Because he was teaching his students to think. They're doing the same thing here. They're just ruining people financially, calling them liars, spreaders of propaganda, and all these other ridiculous names. If the headhunting that's going on here with educators who are telling the truth and encouraging their students to think took place in B.C. time, and of course endless examples throughout the Bible, Jesus Christ himself, same thing. If they can do those things to those individuals, what, what makes anybody believe that it's not happening now and that the same tactics aren't being rolled out now? They want to get rid of any dissenting voice whatsoever and make it so that everyone agrees. What they don't know, and by they I mean the Marxists, what they don't understand is they aren't going to win. You can't kill everybody who disagrees with you. You can't financially ruin everybody who disagrees with you. They're trying. And again, it works with a lot of people, which is unfortunate. But this is all the more reason why these individuals have to push back. If that Professor Hayward were to find himself in some kind of a judicial committee or something that took place uh, during the, you know, his, during his time there at Edinburgh, what an opportunity he would have to actually show some proof and encourage, again, academic free thought. And, uh, who, you know, who, who's to say that he's a spreader of propaganda? Only a propagandist would say such a thing. So, again, like I said earlier with the LGBTQ nonsense, this is the exact same vein because, and it's another chain in the, in the it's another link in the chain here, is because it's just more moths to the flame. The light comes on and you can see what these individuals are. The Marxists are exposing themselves everywhere. By the way, if you get on the University of Edinburgh website, it's an abomination. Everything that is on there is all 100% multicultural. We're all the same. There, is no, there are no differences in cultures. Everybody has the same culture. We're all in this together. And then, of course, it's, you can see all of the different companies that fund them and all of the hands that are in the cookie jar. And it's just terrible. It's just awful. These old buildings are just old relics now. They're just museums, and all they're doing is filling themselves with fossils who all think and look exactly the same, and it's terrible. That's, that's my two cents, but I feel bad for this professor. But this is, what, this is what's going on. This is the environment. This is education. Okay, now I want to move on to this, and this is a peer-reviewed article, uh, and it's titled Autoimmune Mucotaneous Blistering Diseases. After SARS-CoV-2 vaccination, a case report of Pemphingus vulgaris and a literature review. Now, if you recall, I read through the first five adverse reactions associated with the jabs that were released in the Pfizer document that I believe showed up on something like page 30, and it was at least, well, it was roughly nine pages, if I'm not mistaken, of adverse reactions, all single-spaced, and it was probably thousands of them. Uh, m many of the side effects, again, as we know, are all linked to autoimmune conditions, the body attacking itself. This particular condition here, like many of them, frankly, is skin-related. And it has to do with blisters that are showing up not just outside of the body, but inside of the mouth and inside of the nasal cavity. It's remarkably graphic. But I just wanted to read the abstract here, and it says this. And again, my apologies on some of these words here. 
It's his background. Cases of severe autoimmune blistering disease, or AIBDs, have been recently reported in association with the severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus 2 vaccination. Skipping down to the results here, here's what it says. Um, Well, the methods. The clinical and immunological features of our case of OPV were documented. A review of the literature was conducted in only cases of AIBDs arising after the SARS-CoV-2 vaccination were included. Case report. A 60-year-old female, patients, developed oropharyngeal and nasal bolus lesions seven days after the administration of the second dose of the mRNA Comirnaty Pfizer BioNTech vaccine. According to the history, or histiology rather, and direct immunofluorescence findings showing the presence of suprabasal blister and intracellular staining of IgG antibodies and the presence of a high level of anti-DSG3 antibodies in the serum of the patients. A diagnosis of OPV was made. Uh, Yikes. It says review. It says a total of 35 AIBD's cases triggered by the SARS-CoV-2 vaccination were found, including our report. Point is, is their skin lesions. That's, <laughs> that's really the, the, the summary here. It says the mean age of the sample was 72.8 years, and there was a predominance of males over females. Um, it says the develop, uh, I'm sorry, the disease developed after Pfizer vaccine administration were 17.1%, and after Moderna, it was 8.6%, and after AstraZeneca, it was 8.6%. After Coronavax, uh, one was not specified. All patients were treated with topical and or systemic corticosteroids, with or without the addition of an immunosuppressive drugs, which the good clinical response, with a good clinical response in every case. Conclusion, and this should surprise people, although not surprise potentially as well. It says uh, clinicians, rather, should be aware of the potential, though rare. They always say rare. It's rare, but it, it, it really isn't. Occurrences of AIBDs as a possible adverse event after the SARS-CoV-2 vaccination. However, notwithstanding, they should encourage their patients to obtain the vaccination in order to assist the public health systems to overcome the COVID-19 pandemic. You see, this continues to be the problem with these peer-reviewed articles. And by the way, it shows, it shows pictures throughout uh, some of these patients, again, where, where, the, where the cheek meets the gums, there's blistering under the tongue, there's blistering, there's bleeding associated with it as well. These are massive autoimmune conditions. And for them to write a paper like this and openly state that this is what's going on with these shots, and oh, by the way, in the interest of your health and the people around you, make sure that you take the jabs as well. That's not, there's nothing scientific about that. That is an agenda. That's all, I mean, that's all that is. It's just an agenda. They can bring in as many uh, literature reviews as they want or, or previous articles that have highlighted this. It's, they are autoimmune conditions. And these autoimmune conditions are synonymous with having HIV and AIDS. Again, when an individual would, would pass away from AIDS, skin lesions were remarkably common. And for those of us, again, who, who have a formal education in HIV, there are numerous other conditions. Pneumonia. Sound familiar? I mean, pneumonia is, is one of the major causes of death among an individual who has HIV or AIDS. And like I said, skin lesions, respiratory problems, eyesight, they, they, they lose the ability to see. Uh, these lesions, of course, are not just specific to outside of the body, as I mentioned earlier, and as the pictures in this article show clearly, but they are inside of the body. They're in the face. They're in the the sinus cavity, the throat. Um, yeah, 
None of this is good. But again, in their conclusion to say, oh, by the way, it's remarkably rare and everybody should still get it. That's insane. So it's just one, it, again, it's one more example of how this is out in the open and this is being discussed. However, if you're not on the right platforms, you're never going to come across this kind of information. So there's a particular piece of audio, there's an audio clip. I'm going to play a couple, but we'll, one in, well, yeah, I, I will play two here. But there was one, which I, I won't play, but it was a, it was a, um, a, a medical doctor talking with Dr. Steve Kirsch. And I'm not necessarily a fan of his. He's, he, he bloviates a lot and sort of sits on a high horse. And I don't know, I'm, I'm just not a fan. Like Robert Malone, I'm, I'm not a fan. But, but these guys, uh, anyway, he, he was talking with a, a medical doctor who was then talking with roughly 3,000 military individuals, soldiers in the U.S. military. And he was bringing them in in groups of about five, 600 people at a time. And he was giving them informed consent based on the shots, but real informed consent. He was showing them the statistics, the massive lists of adverse reactions, et cetera, et cetera. He said, after 3,000 soldiers that he spoke with, again, in, in large groups of five to 600 at a time, he said only six of them ended up getting the shots. Six of them. So six of them were so, were, were so brainwashed that even when told real clinical effects of these shots, how they have uh, nothing but adverse reactions, no healthful effect whatsoever, and that they're actually killing people. There were still six people that got them. However, thank God, the vast majority clearly did not, all but six out of 3,000. And then, of course, he was unceremoniously relieved of his duty and was not allowed to return to provide the real informed consent as a medical doctor to these individuals. So again, people are, you know, people are being attacked from lots of different angles for a variety of different reasons, but the reasons are all generally the same. They're telling the truth about what's going on right now. And that right there is, is the biggest target. And again, when you're looking right at that target and people are attacking you, uh, you're right where you need to be. So think of the lives that that individual saved in just that small um, you know, in those presentations that he was giving, I feel terrible for the six. You know, those six are so brainwashed. Th there's no getting them back. But he, at least he was able to help a number of, uh, you know, a number of individuals. Okay, now there's this piece of audio I want to play. Again, some people can't be saved, and, and there's really nothing that can be done. And this is clearly something that is directly for them. There is apparently a coughing app that exists in now in Australia or is being developed or has been developed and is now starting to be used where you can cough and down you download the app to your phone and then you cough into your phone and it can tell you whether or not, you guessed it, you have coronavirus. Dun, dun, dun. You can't make you can't make this up. You can't make this stupidity up. So give this news report a listen again. Sheep to the slaughter if somebody actually believes that this is a real thing. It is a real thing, unfortunately, but it's not accurate and remarkably stupid. Fight against COVID and its variants, every new tool helps. A smartphone cough app which can detect the virus is showing promising results. Since it began sweeping around the world, the detective work to track down COVID has rested largely with the PCR test. It's shipped to a lab, so it often takes 24 plus hours. It's quite expensive. And while rapid antigen testing is far quicker, the reassuring wash of crimson over the test strip taking 15 minutes, it has less accuracy. And temperature checks have an even poorer strike rate. Unfortunately, you know, temperature checks are only around 20% accurate. But Australian biotech company ResApp Health which has already made significant advances using phone technology in diagnosing ailments such as asthma and pneumonia by a patient's cough, believe they can also do so with COVID. There's a signaling cough that allows us to identify COVID. A pilot trial of the phone app correctly detected COVID in 92% of those with the virus. 
The company says this new test could be used in areas such as workplace screening, overseas arrivals and departures, and disease surveillance. And another saving would be the environment, both in use and disposal of current testing kits. We could significantly reduce that cost by doing it on a phone. Mike Dalton, Nine News. I love how in their rollout of something new that is stupid, that they they actually find themselves admitting and openly say it, that everything that they've done up to this point has been a complete crock. The temperature checks, the PCR tests, well, they're less reliable and they don't work very well. You think? You see, that news report right there is evidence, should be evidence, in a court of law that we have all been a part of an experiment. All of us. That breaks the Nuremberg Code, at least, among countless United States laws anyway. That we don't have to participate in a medical experiment against our will. They're openly admitting that they're just trying stuff out. We're just going to try this out. And, well, we found out the PCR tests don't work. And, well, the constant temperature checks were useless. And, uh, you know, the, the PCR tests are unreliable and blah, blah, blah. But, hey, cough into your phone when you download this app and trust us. Trust us this time. People are going to fall for this stuff. They're falling for it. Again, they, all, they already are. The, the most recent iPhone software update has a feature on it where the face unlock mode for your phone can now recognize you while you're wearing a mask. Uh, I just... <laughs> We actually think children have a chance? Children don't have a chance against this. They only have a chance if they have parents who are 100% awake as to what's going on and are protecting them from this. Other than that, children don't stand a chance. Now, here's the last thing regarding social media influencers. Speaking of children who don't have a chance, there's something that's going on uh, in America here that in all around the world, which I haven't commented on yet, I don't believe on this podcast, but I'm going to now. And it has to do again with the existence of these so-called social media influencers. And they're basically just self-absorbed teenagers and people in their 20s who have never had a job. They don't know what hard work is. They've never written anything in their entire life, nor had an original thought. And they stare into a phone or a camera all day long, and then they make their problems everybody else's problems, and they uh, inadvertently and without their knowledge brainwash countless minors into thinking that all you have to do is stare into a phone and shake your ass a little bit, and b before you know it, you'll have all kinds of money and people will just throw money at you. It's ridiculous and disgusting. Um, but there is something that's happening here with a lot of these individuals regarding the jabs. And ladies and gentlemen, they aren't making the connections. And if they are making the connections, they're not telling their audience. And so I want to do a slight little dive here on one gal who is on YouTube. Her name is Allie Shackney, if I'm saying that right, or Schnacky. I don't know. I don't know how you pronounce her name. I, I really don't care. Uh, and I don't want to sound insensitive, although it's probably going to sound like that. This is an individual, again, who stares into a phone all day long, and I, I, don't, I don't know what they do. But they apparently, um, last week or so, found themselves in the hospital. And they describe in one of their posts, I guess, here, that they were experiencing chest pains and it felt like a heart attack, felt like they were having a heart attack. And then, of course, they don't stop their vlogging. They take the vlogging right into the, right into the hospital bed. And there they are wearing a mask with all the heart monitors stretched, you know, strapped to their chest and X, Y, Z. There are, as I'm staring at this right now, there's 1,461 comments to this person's video. Almost every single comment, I kid you not, 
is all well wishes and oh that's terrible and what a horrible thing and you know sending prayers and love and blah 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 the other thing too which i really think is awful is these very individuals will be degenerate in all of their videos and yet they have no problem referencing god and they have no problem bringing up the lord's name and saying god can heal all of us he can heal everybody we just have to do what God wants. And yet, these are jabbed individuals, because as I've said earlier in this episode and past episodes, no one in their, no one experiences heart-related trouble unless it is diagnosed with them almost when they are a baby or they're a teenager or whatever. This individual has no underlying health conditions that, that they mention no family history of health trouble, and here they are apparently in their 20s, early 20s, I assume, and, and now they've had at least apparently two heart attacks. In the video, though, they're being remarkably vague. The doctors don't seem to know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. This is just the way that it is, blah, blah, blah. But again, if you dig into the comments section, it's remarkably telling. Um, you can scroll down to about 50 or 100 comments before you come across one that says, you probably shouldn't have taken the vaccine. So what I've done is, is I've sorted the comments in reverse order so that the most recent pop up first. You scroll down about 10, 12 comments, and you'll come across one. And, the, and this one says, it's from the vaccine, guaranteed. And then you keep reading. And it's, again, Here's some herbal stuff you can take, praying for you, you know, whatever else. And then further down, it says, could be from the vaccine. Then it keeps going. I love you so much. Your videos are great. You know, I have similar issues right now. Another person has. <laughs> another person says, I have similar issues. No kidding. No kidding. Um, you know, praying for your full recovery. They just continue. And then some people, again, another comment later on said, gee, I find it funny you conveniently left out the fact that you've been jabbed. Oh, by the way, you probably have pericarditis or myocarditis. Um, you're not going to end up well. Is this vaccine related? Another comment said. I mean, it's right here. The proof is right here. So my recommendation is this. It, it's not to it's not to pay attention to these people, and it's not even to to um, you know to click on their videos and whatever. But if you're interested in in engaging in a little social experiment about current culture, get on some of these people's videos and bounce around. In particular, if they're providing themselves some kind of a health update or their audiences a health update, and again, I, I don't know why these people have audiences. They have nothing to offer. It, uh, all they're offering again is uh, TNA and materialism um, and superficiality and, and, and whatever else. That's all they're offering. So, but if you want to get, if you want to really dive into the the comments section when they're providing, like I said, a health update, I recommend it because you're really going to see an interesting dynamic. You're going to see a bunch of just deaf, dumb, and blind people who have no idea what's going on, and then. You're going to get the occasional post that goes, oh, by the way, because you now have an underlying heart condition as a result of the jabs, you probably have, oh, I don't know, three to eight years to live, tops. It's that kind of stuff, again, that is really interesting. I th it's interesting to me from a brainwashing standpoint, is that we're seeing these individuals not know what they've done, and if they do know what they've done to themselves, they aren't admitting it, because that's sad. If they were really interesting, interested in, in helping people and being a quote-unquote influencer and using the Lord's name, don't you think that they would do whatever they could to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help them God? Don't you think that that would be the case? So they're either, again, completely brainwashed as to what's going on, or they're purposefully leaving out factual information that could actually help somebody. So that's my two cents on it. So these YouTube influencers, quote unquote, are not doing well.
And as we all know, and this is again a societal aspect of this that I think is interesting, these influencers, quote unquote, I'm using that word loosely, they follow each other and they end up on each other's shows. So you'll have these individuals again who have either not been jabbed and they'll get together with their jabbed or unjabbed friends. And they won't mention the jabs on any of these YouTube shows. Why? Because they'll get kicked off of YouTube, which should again show everybody what YouTube has been doing this entire time. If they are jabbed, then they're probably going to be hanging out with and be friends with individuals who are also jabbed. Which means, again, they're they're definitely influencing each other, but they're influencing each other in all of the wrong ways. Because now it's going to cost them dearly. And again, I hope it doesn't. And I, I really don't, again, it may sound insensitive, and I really don't mean it that way. I'm not making fun of this person, and I'm not making fun of the, the comments that, that people make. What I'm pointing out, and again, we, we should pray for this person and pray for anybody who is ill. I'm all for that. It's highlighting, however, a level of hypocrisy that is beyond blatant, number one. You know, again, about shaking your ass all over the place and being materialistic and encouraging other people to basically do what you do and, and, and whatever else. And at the same time, you are engaging in one of the largest platforms of peer pressure that, that exists in the world today, which is YouTube and these YouTube influencers, and you're actually influencing people to engage in the same negative behaviors that you do. You, of course, don't think that they're negative behaviors, and a lot of people don't. They think this is all just 100% fantastic. But by consistently invoking the name God, in particular when something bad happens, Maybe not on a day in and day out basis, which, you know, I, I don't know because I don't watch this person's videos. But when something bad happens, all of a sudden God is now supposed to show up and help you. That part is, is hard for me. I, I really, I have, a hard, I have a hard time with that. You know, I, I've read Lorna Burns' books and I enjoy her books greatly. And she even says, you know, you can call on God anytime you want. Don't, you know, don't necessarily just do it when you're, you're feeling ill or you're hurt or you need something. I mean, that's more of the materialism sort of and, and the, uh, oh, I don't know. I, I, just think it's, I just think it's remarkably hypocritical. And I think the entire thing is sad. But as I've stated, this is going to be impossible to hide. Because again, you know that this has happened. You know, these quote-unquote influencers, or, or I would say I would call them almost peer pressure con artists to some extent, they influence countless te- teenagers, boys and girls alike. And boys and girls will blindly watch these videos and go, well, I need to do what they're doing. And again, if they're walking around in these videos wearing masks or making it look fashionable, then the children are going to do this also. This is, this is why we need more parents. It's, it really boils down to that. We need parents being parents. We need to slap the cell phones out of children's hands, slap the iPads out of their hands, and, and bash them with a sledgehammer because it's going to get these children killed. And again, if an individual like this doesn't have a job and is just bouncing around YouTube constantly and then making their own videos and doing whatever they're doing, that's not a healthy environment because YouTube itself is a propaganda environment loaded with peer pressure. Again, I'm looking at this from a, a health education standpoint because this entire thing is really health education curriculum. This is the kind of thing I warned my students about a long, long time ago. I said, you, you better be very careful about what you hear on the internet because it's not true. The vast majority of it's not true. And, and of course, that's truer today than ever before, because now you have to actually be an investigator to find the truth. And if a person's bouncing around YouTube, you're not going to find it. You're just not going to find the truth. So again, pay attention to this kind of thing, though. Pay attention to these, so, uh, these so-called influencers and what's really going on, because if they've been jabbed, 
I, I guarantee you're going to hear a little bit more about it, certainly in the comments section, because that's where the truth really gets told. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.